So greetings, fellow travelers, and welcome to the 50th episode of The Eclectic Monk. I really can't believe that we've hit the 50th episode, but here we are. And for the nine of you who have been along for the entire ride, I just want to say thank you. And all of this that I have created is just for you. I hope you enjoy it. I love to hear your feedback. And uh, hey, sit back. Because this one, well, this one's going to be interesting. Let's go. How do you feel? Are you tired? Weary? Irritated? Are you frustrated? Out of sorts? Less than enthusiastic about life in general? Do you find people to be tedious? Do you want to choke the life out of that snotty teenager at the drive through window? Do you hate your car? Your job, your neighborhood, perhaps even your spouse or significant other. Do you find that you're fed up with the media machine? Politics or a boring noise salad and the social commentary by the talking heads makes your stomach hurt? Would you honestly say that you would prefer to endure a toothache than the mindless, thoughtless, pointless, and profitless meandering crap that's passed off as entertainment. Does the news tick you off? Does social media make you want to scream? Do you care more about the death of the snail daughter than about how many likes Karen got for her photos of food you wouldn't feed to your pet? Of course you do. Speaking of pets, are you ready to kill yours yet? Have you had enough of urine stains, fur balls, fleas, vomit, noise, and the stench of their food? Have you essentially reached a point where you are so worn out with life that you just don't care? Well, you need a pill. And Astral Fossica has a pill for you. Oh, screw it. One daily dose of oh, screw it will not fix your problem. But it will numb your brain to the point where your overwhelming apathy feel like pure joy. So don't delay. Ask your doctor if oh, screw it is right for you. I'm guessing it is. Side effects include numb tongue, sleeplessness, vicious mood swings, fits of rage, uncontrolled weeping, loss of bladder and or bowel control, terrifyingly lucid nightmares, homicidal thoughts, split personalities, split personalities, self-recrimination, unusual body odor, fatigue, manic episodes, euphoric feelings followed by bone-crushing depression, red eyes, we mean demonic-appearing red eyes, and an overwhelming impulse to drink massive amounts of tequila and drive at excessive speeds which may lead to incarceration or sudden death. Let's face it. You need a pill. We have a pill. 
you might as well take the damn pill. Why not? It is FDA approved. Come on, give the world a finger. Get your life back. Get oh screw it today. Astrofarsica assumes no liability for this product. Use only as directed. From the pages of history, the Lava Lamp Radio Theater proudly presents The Nursing Home Mystery. Far below the well-apportioned Wayne Manor, on the outskirts of Gotham City, there is a cave. Within that cave lies a collection of trophies and tools unlike any other. This is the office of the Batman, the caped crusader, the Dark Knight, the world's greatest detective, and at the moment, the irritated vigilante. Alfred, that van loaded with toxic chemicals and explosives did not simply disappear. It was stolen and driven up the coast to Bayport. But why? And by whom? You mean by whom, sir? Here, I've taken the liberty of bringing you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, cut into ten identical squares for easy consumption. It is, of course, crossless. Eat up, Master Bruce. Detective work requires sound nutrition. I'm not hungry, Alfred. Is it the Joker again? What would he want with toxic chemicals and explosives? And what is going on at Bayport? I am sure I don't know, sir. Now, please reconsider. I happen to know there is a snickerdoodle in your future if you clean that plate. As for the Joker, I have no idea what a psychopathic reject from the traveling carnival could possibly do with a van load of explosives and toxins. Who knows? Maybe Bayport is the target of his next plan for world dominance and mass murder. Now, finish your milk, sir. You're right, of course. Now get me that snickerdoodle while I resupply my utility belt. It's going to be a long night. High upon a bluff overlooking the Atlantic Ocean, the Bayport home for retirees rest. Within its urine-stained walls lives the younger of the world-famous Hardy Boys, Joe Hardy. Now 94 years old, the venerable sleuth keeps the residents entertained with his tales of mysteries solved and the intrepid adventures of he and his older brother Frank, now deceased. Have I, have I told you my latest adventure? The mystery of the missing bathrobe? Oh dear lord, not again. I stepped out of the shower, reached for my robe, and, and found it missing. <laughs> so I, <clears throat> I wrapped myself in a, a wet towel and made my way to the reception lobby. My suspicion was that some scoundrel had broken into my closet and stolen my robe right out from under my nose. I was 
I was quite prepared to resort to fisticuffs to get it back. Well, as I was standing there in the lobby, I saw him. It was that ethnic man from the laundry, standing there holding my prized robe. Well, I flew into a rage, let go of the towel which dropped to the floor, and as I stood there with my men bits dangling in the breeze and my fist in the air prepared to engage that thief in physical combat, I was suddenly draped with the robe as the launderer fled down into the depths of the establishment. Well, isn't that something? I bet that robe even smelled better when you got it back. Wrong. It smelled of that cheap wash powder they use in this dump to save pennies at the expense of the residents. It took months of sneaking up on the rooftop to smoke my pipe to achieve that odor that clung to the garment. Now I have to start all over again. Damn it. Calm down, Grandpa. Calm down. The moon was slightly hidden behind a lacy web of thin clouds. No one in Bayport noticed the autogyro as it flew quietly above the bay and towards the rest home on the bluff. The Batman, having ascertained the make, model, and serial number of the stolen van using his infamous bat computer, had tuned his bat locator to the appropriate frequency and was tracking the van by its unique electromagnetic pulse signature. The van had made its way up the old shore road and vanished somewhere beneath the bluff on which the Bayport home for retirees stood in silent vigil. The Batman landed and secured the Bat Gyro and crept stealthily up to the home on the hill. Using his Bat Rope, he made his way to the roof of the venerable establishment and was surprised to find an elderly gentleman in a natty bathrobe sitting on the roof and smoking a pipe. Good evening, young man. What brings you out on such a eerily atmospheric night? And why are you in your pajamas? Who I am is unimportant. What is important is the fact that there is a van loaded with toxic chemicals and explosives hidden somewhere beneath this building. My suspicion is that the Joker is planning to effect some dastardly deed upon the fine citizens of Bayport, and I am here to stop him. Excellent! Why, in my day, my brother Frank and I were always out in the night, climbing on roofs and solving mysteries, but we didn't wear any ridiculous costumes with masks and capes. It's a cowl. Excuse me? It's not a mask. It's a cowl, and it serves a variety of purposes, the least of which is to strike fear into the hearts of the criminals I hunt. They are a cowardly and suspicious lot, and the costume is designed to scare the crap out of them just before I beat them into senseless submission. Really? Wouldn't it just be easier to figure out who they are and what they're doing and hurt the local authorities? Frank and I found that to be a, a pretty good system. I have my methods for a reason of my own, old fellow. But if I'm not mistaken, I am sitting on a rooftop with a great detective, Joe Hardy. 
this meeting couldn't be more fortuitous. Zora, you'll, you'll have to speak up. My ears aren't what they used to be, you know. Mr. Hardy, are you up to helping me solve one more mystery? The lives of every person in Bayport and the surrounding area may depend on it. Why didn't you say so? You're going to have to be more direct if you want to be a, a good investigator. None of this namby-pamby, double-speaking nonsense. Just get to the point. Now, how can I help you? I'm not sure what namby-pamby means, but nevertheless, here goes. Somewhere beneath this establishment, there must be a cavern that was likely used as a smuggler's hideout in the past. There must be a hidden road that leads to it, and it has to be large enough for a moving van filled with toxic chemicals and explosives to be hidden. Do you know of such a cavern or hiding place? My goodness. Well, this ties into a recent case that I had. The mystery of the missing bathrobe. There is indeed a, a warren of corridors and long-forgotten rooms beneath this building. Well, Frank and I explored them in our youth, and I've been known to use them now and then for a more practical purpose, like sneaking off to River Heights for a quick romp with my old friend Nancy and the occasional tobacco purchase. My friend Chet, he keeps his old jalopy down there, and we've been known to take a few joy rides around the city late at night. Would you, would you like to see it? Yes, sir. I would love to see it. How quickly can we get there? The Joker may be, at this moment, planning to employ a weapon of terrible consequence. And if we are one second too late, it will spill disaster for the people of Fair Bayport. All right, then. Let's quit this yammering about Jokers and the like and get started. Quite honestly, young man, I don't see how you ever accomplish anything. I'll follow you, Mr. Hardy. The two famous and infamous detectives began their descent down from the roof, using the fire escape stairway that ran up the building from the ground level. Joe Hardy was surprisingly spry for his 94 years. The trip down the three flights of stairs usually only took him 20 minutes, but tonight he was determined to make it in 17. River Heights. That's 21 miles from here. Why go there for tobacco? Don't, don't be adult! You can get tobacco any place, but there's only one Nancy Drew, and she lives in River Heights. I can still see her the way she looked the, the first time we met. It was while we were investigating the, the mystery of the haunted house. And there she was in her smart, pleated skirt and lovely frock. Her knees almost visible below the hemline. I can tell you there was a mystery that was worth solving. And as many times as I've given her the old Boy Scout go, I can, I can tell you there's always more to learn. At your age, isn't that a bit dangerous? What? You think that only you, you young whippersnappers, can enjoy the carnal pleasures of the little death? Why, I'll have you know I can still rise to any occasion. The, the soldier can stand at attention at will. You're not the only tough nut to crack around here. 
I take offense at the suggestion that just because I'm weathered, I'm used up and worthless. I'm as virile as I was at 75. I wasn't suggesting that you were incapable of performing. Only that at your age it might be medically unwise. In my age, going poop is medically unwise. But I can do that every day as well. Do you know what happened to my brother, Frank? No, sir. I have no idea. Well, he, he went to Riverdale to spend an evening with his old friend Veronica. And he never returned. The authorities say he, he came and went at the same time, if you get my drift. Veronica assured them that oh, it may have been dirty. No foul play was employed. All I know is that we buried him with a smile on his face, and no man can ask for more than that in the end. I may have to get up there and see Betty one more time. It would be worth the risk, no doubt. Well, that's oddly encouraging. How much further do we have? Just a, a few more steps, in, and then about 50 yards to the secret entrance. I don't suppose you have a wheelchair. The Joker could detonate that device any second. Wheelchair? Do I look like some kind of pansy? How do you think I've maintained this physique for over nine decades by sitting in a wheelchair being pushed around like a toothless imbecile? I think not. I may not have a fancy costume and a, a belt full of toys, but I assure you, I don't need to be pushed about in a stroller. I'm just a bit concerned about time. What if you tell me where the entrance is to those corridors and I move on ahead of you? <sighs> Let me catch my breath. Will the not-quite-so-dynamic duo make it to the cavern in time? Will the Joker release a weapon of mass destruction on the city of Babel? Will Joe Hardy have a cardiac arrest in his valiant attempt to get to the basement of the Bayport home for retirees? Don't touch that dial. You don't want to miss the exciting conclusion of The Nursing Home Mystery. The claims made in the following advertisement have not been verified by, nor are they endorsed in any way by the audio entertainment service provider you are enjoying and said provider assumes no liability for the contents therein. Hello, friends. Elmo C. Fudpucker here with an important offer from the independent, variable, whole life and casualty insurance cooperative of North America. The independent, variable, whole life and casualty insurance cooperative of North America is now offering a new premium coverage for loss of life due to unexpected or freak accidents. No one knows how or when they're going to find themselves departing from this plane of existence. And there are many unplanned and utterly bizarre ways to meet one's maker. Our new premium unexpected or Freak accident death coverage plan costs only pennies per day and guarantees that your loved ones receive a rich reward from your unfortunate demise. Here is a letter from one of our recent 
satisfied customers. Mrs. Alfonso R. Delphinium III writes, Dear Independent Variable Whole Life and Casualty Insurance Cooperative of North America, my husband, Alfonso R. Delphinium III, recently purchased your new premium coverage for loss of life due to unexpected or freak accidents. The coverage cost us only pennies per day, and as it turned out, it was well worth the investment. It was a Saturday morning, and Alfonso was in the garage, changing the spark plug on the lawnmower. He had his modern mechanic magazine article out to assist him in his efforts, and was well on the way to a successful spark plug exchange when I last saw him alive. It being Saturday, my friend Margie called to complain about her latest post-menopause symptom. She was experiencing water retention and had that gross, bloated feeling that happens when the waistband on your underpants is too tight. I was listening patiently when I heard a ruckus in the garage followed by a blood-curdling scream and a horrendous crash. I told Marge, I have to let you go, and I put the phone down. I hurried along quickly to the garage, where I saw the most unexpected and bizarre thing. Apparently, our cat, Mr. Fuzzilingus Snugglebutt, we call him Fuzzy, had chased a North American ground squirrel also known as a chipmunk, into the garage where Alfonso was busy working. The cute little rodent ran up his pants legs, causing Alfonso to scream like a girl and thrash about the garage like a madman. About that time, Fuzzy caught the scent of the chipmunk and attacked Alfonso's leg, which caused him to careen wildly backwards, tripping over the lawnmower and falling headlong into a bicycle. A broken spoke from the front wheel of a 12-speed touring bike impaled his left eye and stabbed into his brain, causing sudden death. Fuzzy caught the rodent, and despite my best efforts, managed to kill it and eat its head. I ran back into the kitchen and picked up my phone. Marge was still blathering on about her frequent urination problem when I hung up on her and called 911 for assistance. Well, to make a long story short, I received an additional $20,000 of life insurance thanks to that phone call that Alfonso made to the Variable Whole Life and Casualty Insurance Cooperative of North America. The trip to Cancun with Marge's ex-husband was just the thing I needed to help me overcome my grief and rediscover the joys of an intimate relationship. Thank you, Mrs. Alfonso R. Delphinium III. Friends, as you can see, there is just no telling what will happen next. Are you prepared? If you were hit in the head, by a chunk of blue urine that was ejected from an overflying jetliner, would your loved ones benefit from it? 
Call the variable whole life and casualty insurance cooperative of North America today and find out how you can protect your family from the freak accidents of life, even if you can't protect yourself from them. Call the variable whole life and casualty insurance cooperative of North America at 1-800-GO-FREAK. That's 1-800-GO-FREAK to receive your free brochure on our premium unexpected and freak accident loss of life insurance. Call today. Operators are standing by. You never know what will happen next. Make sure your unexpected death is the jackpot your family deserves. Call now. After what seemed to be an eternity to the Batman, elderly gentleman Joe Hardy regained his strength and proceeded towards the back of the Bayport home for retirees in search of a little-known and rarely used entrance. The Batman's concern that the Joker, that maniac of mayhem, might at any second push the button on a doomsday device, propelled him forward in a barely constrained walk. It was indeed shaping up to be a long night. He only hoped it wouldn't be his last. Mr. Hardy, with all due respect, if you could only point me in the right direction, I feel my specialized training would be better employed elsewhere. The Joker has never been known to show restraint. Hold your water, pajama man. I may not be the fastest man alive, but we'll get there. Speaking of water, my prostate is screaming. Let's Let's hold up behind this bush for a minute. Look, Mr. Hardy, sir, I am really concerned about... What, what on earth are you wearing under that bathrobe? Well, I usually wear my dungarees and button-down shirt with a, with a windbreaker, but when I'm smoking on the roof, I, I like to feel the breeze, so all I have on are my socks and sneakers. It, it really makes you feel alive. I see. In fact, I, I have seen too much. How much further is this secret entrance? It's, it's just there, behind that rose bush. There's a lock on the door, but, but don't worry, I know the combination. One, nine, two, seven. A mind like a steel trap. More like a rat in a cage, but, but okay. Let's get inside and make our way to the lower levels. We have got to find that van loaded with toxic chemicals and explosives. And they're liable to be henchmen about, so keep a sharp eye out. I wouldn't be worried about henchmen. I'm, I'm more concerned with that swarthy oriental who runs the laundry around here. He, he tends to be lurking about at all hours. The power team slipped quietly into the hallway and began making their way along the dimly lit corridor. There were puddles of some unknown origin at irregular intervals, as well as a number of numbered doorways on each side of the hall. The doors turned out to be a series of closets and small rooms, none of which held anything of interest. Oh, oh, Captain Rodent! I'm telling you, there is a stairway on the right, just a little bit ahead. I don't know why you insist on opening these damn closets, huh? I told you I've explored them already with my friend, Chet. 
Henchman Joe. These are perfect hiding places for henchmen. I detest henchmen. Low life, low intellect, Neanderthals. And when you least expect it, they creep out, bash you in the back of the skull, and drag you away to some secret land. Trust me, we need to be wary from this point onward. Indeed they do. If I had a dollar for every time Frank and I got knocked out and tied up, I, I would own this dump of a nursing home. But, but don't worry. I keep a penknife in the pocket of my robe just in case I run into some Hunt's savory character and need to escape. As the unlikely pair of world-class detectives made it to the stairwell, they noticed the faint scent of marijuana in the air. Looking up towards the first floor landing, they detected a lone figure sitting with his back against the wall, smoking what appeared to be a hand-rolled cigarette. The Batman stole silently upwards and with a single blow to the neck rendered Lonnie immobile. Quickly, the Master of Shadows stamped out the smoldering joint and headed back down towards Joe Hardy. One henchman down. He was a clever one. Dressing like a common orderly. Come on, we have no time to waste. Shh! I'm telling you, be quiet. That sneaky oriental bastard could be anywhere. Slowly they turned, and step by step, inch by inch, they made their way down, 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 towards the inevitable conclusion of the adventure that they were secretly relishing. They came from a shadowy world that is shrouded in mystery. They came in the dark of night, a mindless, hungry horde. They came with only one goal, eat and survive. Don't miss the most terrifying cinema experience of the decade. Zombie Headhunters from Planet X. No matter what you have done, you are not prepared. The Dementia International Picture Movie stars Richard Trumpet, Pam Pantycock, and a starving swarm of the alien undead. Zombie Headhunters from Planet X. You have been warned. At the age of 93, Chet Morton had enjoyed a long life filled with a passion for short-lived hobbies. He had recently learned that Daniel Lee, the laundryman for the home, was from a long line of Chinese fireworks creators. And so, using some of the hoard of reward money he had collected as a companion of the famed Hardy Boys, he had purchased a van loaded with the necessary raw materials. The idea that it was illegal never crossed his aged mind, and the Gotham mobsters were all too happy to take his cash and drop off the van. Parked next to the van was Chet's famous jalopy of changing colors. Chet and Danny were in the van looking over their inventory when two shadowy figures made their way into 
the cavern. There's the van, Mr. Hardy. You are a godsend. What kind of vehicle is that beside it? Oh, that thing is Chet's Jalopy. It's a 1925 Ford Model T chopped down and souped up. Nancy loves riding around in it back in the day, once the wind caught her skirt, there's never been a more perfect thigh. Well, now it just collects dust until Chet gets the urge to go for a ride with Betty up in Riverdale. At that moment, Daniel Lee stepped out of the van and started walking across the cavern, carrying a crate of explosives and chemicals. He made his way towards Chet's workbench that was set up near the jalopy. There he is! It's that swarthy oriental! If you're looking for a joker, well, there's the joker that stole my bathrobe! Get out there and, and beat him to a pulp! Hold on. When there's one henchman, there are usually more. Let's, let's wait and see what happens next. Wait and see? What kind of timid rodent are you? Get out there and, and strike some fear into that foreign scumbag. What, what if there's a ticking time bomb down in the back of that van right now? What if we only have seconds to live or die? What if a... Chen? Chen? Who's that you, Chen? Chet Morton stepped out of the van and into the cavern holding another crate of firework supplies. The Batman sat back on the steps while Joe Hardy hurried over to see what his friend was up to. As he leaned against the wall, he considered going back up to retrieve the joint he had stomped out, but decided to leave it for the poor orderly who was hopefully regaining consciousness. Chet introduced Joe to Danny, who pointed out that Joe had whizzed on his robe again, and then shared the plans for the upcoming fireworks display that they were planning for the residents of the nursing home. Realizing that the only joker in the room was a pair of old eccentric friends, the Batman slipped out and headed back to Gotham City wiser and filled with a bit of admiration for old Joe Hardy. Would you care for another snickerdoodle, sir? No, no thank you, Alfred. Perhaps some more milk? No thanks, I, I'm content. Do you need anything at all, sir? Yes. Please lay out my bathrobe. I think I'm going to enjoy my pipe up on the roof tonight. As you wish, sir. As you wish. Hey, y'all. You know it would not be an eclectic monk episode if there weren't a song involved. And this time, my cousin the monk, I think, has turned out just a beautiful tune. Here's one that you're going to listen to. It's going to stir in your heart, and I promise you, every time you see one of these on the side of the road, you are going to remember this tune. So here you go. It's the theme song you needed, and you didn't even know that you needed it. You're welcome. Take it away, monk.
Friends, I, I do appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Just as a uh, matter of record, The Batman was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger, and The Hardy Boys were supposedly written by F.W. Dixon, although that's a pseudonym and not a real person, but we're going to give him credit anyway. So, there you go. 50 episodes down. Who knows where we're going to end up from here. Again, I really appreciate all nine of you hanging out with me. I hope this was fun. And uh, until we meet again, travel well, enjoy the journey, and may God richly bless you. And when you find yourself in trouble, may the Batman come to your rescue. Till we meet again, have a great one.